Hello, hi, howdy, I'm JT, they call me Jack, and this is Unknowable Unknowns, where we dive into small town stories, little known history, strange connections, and big questions. So let's start asking and dive into the Unknowable Unknowns. As you walk through the woods, your path illuminated by the pale moonlight, you think that maybe, just maybe, a late night walk wasn't the best idea. Something doesn't feel quite right. You notice that there seems to be no noise in the woods around you. You stop and you think, what could be happening? You hear something rustle in the trees above you and you can feel all the hair on your body stand up. You don't know what it is. You don't know how it got there. You don't know how long it's been following you. But it's not quite right. It's something that shouldn't be there. Something that perhaps shouldn't exist. You keep going on your walk and pick up the pace a little bit. You hear nothing else coming from the trees, but the forest still remains eerily silent. The hairs on the back of your neck are still up. Something is still wrong. You can feel eyes boring into the back of your head. You can tell that something is watching, waiting. You hear a scream. It's not quite human, but too human to be animal. All of a sudden, you hear a crash behind you, and you start sprinting, running for your life. You hear massive footsteps thudding behind you, and another primal scream. The forest remains silent, as if the whole forest is waiting, just waiting to see if you make it. The only sounds, your heart trying to beat its way out of your ribcage, and whatever is chasing you. You don't know what it is. Frankly, you don't want to know. You run as fast as your legs can carry you, already burning from the stress. Your heart aches. Your lungs burn and your mind races. You try and peek over your shoulder and see a 12-foot-tall monster coming after you. Thin as a reed, with arms that are too long and nails as sharp as knives. You regret looking back, but it makes you run just that little bit faster. The clouds cover up the moon, and all goes dark. You do your best to avoid hitting any trees, but you trip, stumble, and fall, and realize there are no more footsteps. Whatever was chasing you isn't chasing you anymore, or has stopped for now, or has it. You, my friend have just survived an encounter with today's topic, Wendigos. Yes, I will be pronouncing it Wendigos, 
not when D goes. So if that bothers you, feel free to skip this episode. Now, whether or not you actually believe in these, let's suspend our disbelief because it's going to be a pain to use hypothetically, allegedly rumored to be, and so on and so forth. So let's all agree for a little bit. Now that I got that little disclaimer out of the way, let's get to questioning and maybe get a little snack lest you start feeling hungry. Today's topic is a monster from Indian legends, most often believed to come from the Algonquin natives. While many different native tribes have their own version of the Wendigo with slightly different variations, it's most often attributed to starting with the Algonquins. They hail from the Great Lakes region from North America and Southern Canada. Now, each tribe has its own slight variations, so today we're going to be covering the broader things, the, the more agreed upon things. So, if you already happen to know a lot about Wendigos, just bear with me, and we're going to kind of decide and make our own lore here today. So, Wendigos often come from northern areas, unlike their southern skinwalker friends who, don't worry, I'll be making a video about them too. Episode, my bad. Now, what exactly was the first Wendigo? Well, most likely it was believed to be a warrior who made a deal with the devil to gain amazing combat skills, large size, incredible superhuman strength, thus giving him the ability to save his tribe, all in exchange for the oh-so-commonly-traded-for soul. Now, he did end up saving his tribe, but he was also banished from that tribe and lived the rest of his disfigured life as an outcast, who was cursed with cannibalistic desires and could never fill his stomach. This is one of the more common stories about the first Wendigo. You can't see it, but there were air quotes around that first. But obviously there are other stories from other tribes. I just happen to like this one. Now, often Wendigos are said to be a Wendigo spirit that just happens to possess those or have the ability to possess those who have given in to cannibalistic urges. Now, this doesn't have to be, you know, just waking up one day and saying, you know what, I think I'm going to eat Johnny down the street. This would even extend to survival circumstances. Oh no, I'm trapped out in the wilderness in the middle of winter, you know, hit by one of those good old nor'easters, and your buddy just happens to die and is looking mighty tasty, considering you haven't eaten for a week. Then if you give in and just take a little bite, just roast him over the fire, 
you know, take a take a little bite of thigh meat. Then that gives a chance for the Wendigo spirit to come in, take over your body, and turn you into today's monster. So, what do you gain from becoming a Wendigo? Well, there are pros and cons. First, let's go over the pros. Great, now let's go over the cons. Constant cannibalistic urges, never being full, doesn't sound fun. Now, they can eat animals and often do, but they just really want that good old human flesh. You know, there there's nothing better than just the real deal human meat for them. Now, even eating this human meat doesn't mean they fill their stomachs. That's completely impossible. Some stories even say that the more human meat they eat, the hungrier they get. Now, that that's, that's not a pro. Being able to eat all you want sounds good, but paired with the constant hunger and when it only gets worse no matter what you eat, I think I'll take a hard pass on that one. Now, they're often said to be very tall, um, ranging from 7 to 15 feet. There are even some stories that say the more they eat, along with getting hungrier, the bigger they get. Now, that doesn't mean that if you see a Wendigo who's eaten a lot, he's not going to be, you know six feet tall and stacked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he's still going to be incredibly thin, just skin and bones. He just might happen to be, oh, you know, 13 feet tall, which, frankly, is not the ideal male body type. Now, if you saw the title of today's episode and decide to look it up just to see what it is, you're going to see a lot of pictures of these obviously emaciated creatures, most often with deer skulls for heads and massive antlers, but originally they didn't have either of those, and it was just a really freaky-looking human. Uh, it's often considered that, you know, Hollywood, there I go again with the air quotes that you can't see, decided to put them on for a little artistic flair. While this does make them look incredibly cool, our little Frankenstein lore here that we're going to set up isn't going to have horns because, according to the natives, they never had horns. Once again, air quotes, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. But there are a lot of things that these pictures do get right. Incredibly emaciated, incredibly tall, and... One of their more distinguishing features, the incredibly large talons, which are just oh so good at slicing through tasty little humans. They are also often described as having stark white skin, or at most gray. Uh, they don't often have, or ever, have fur or darker colored skin. I would assume this is because, you know, northeast, it's, there's a lot of snow up here. 
they also don't have a lot of muscle despite their incredible strength. They are incredibly thin. Once again, skin and bones, that's not an exaggeration. Oftentimes, they are also paired with incredibly long teeth. Not just the canines, I'm talking every tooth, just absolutely massive, just overflowing through their jaws. Their gangly limbs, despite their look, are incredibly strong as well. These are not something you're going to be able to wiggle out of. Despite their fragile, fragile stature, they are incredibly strong and apex predators, like top, tippity top of the food chain here. These things aren't going to be scared of a bear or a human. And frankly, you're a human. These things aren't scared of you. It doesn't matter if, you know, you have a gun. I, I can just shoot it. No, no, trust me, you can't. These things do not care. They'll eat bullets not quite as fast as they'll eat you. Now that we all have that amazing picture of what this looks like in our minds, gangly, massive teeth, no horns, incredibly long claws, quite tall, like I said, you know, 7 to 15 feet. These are, these are not small creatures. But that doesn't mean they're always easy to see. There have been stories, we're just going to believe they're real, of them hiding out in trees and just being generally invisible when you're normally walking along the ground. They're also incredibly fast. Like, if you're running away from these things and it decides it wants to get you, it's going to get you. It's just a matter of time. Now, they can be loud when they're just running after you, you know, crunch, crunch leaves or crunch, crunch snow. Um, they can be incredibly quiet. They can sneak up on you. Stealth is not a foreign concept to these guys, and they will use it to their advantage. Case in point, our little story at the beginning, you won't even notice that they're following you until they want you to. Now, you might think, oh, big, scary forest creature, it'll be, you know, scared of the normal things that every scary forest creature is scared of. Fire, you know, the great equalizer between humans and terrifying horror monsters. No, these guys just don't care at all. They'll come right up to you, whether you got a torch in your hand or you're... Why torch? Nobody carries torches anymore. Uh, let's go. Let's go with fireplace or campfire. They're they're not going to be scared of coming up and snatching little Jimmy just because he's roasting marshmallows. They really don't care. They're apex predators. They're not scared of anything. What's little old you gonna do to you know seven foot anorexic Sasquatch? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And like I said before, with the, the amount of strength that these guys have, they will just, you know, rip doors off cars, you know, pull you through windows. If it wants to get you, 
it'll get you. And it's not going to be scared of anything that attempts to get in its way. It'll just tear right through it. You know, you can try and hide from these things, but keep in mind, creatures of the night, they're going to have that that animal night vision. But one of the downsides to having that animal night vision is it's going to have reflective eyes, just like all animals do. I would explain to you how or why that works, but honestly, I can't remember right now. I know it's got something to do with some extra coating in the back of their eyes that reflects light and science jargon. Please, trust me, I'm smart. Um, but they can see you at night. They will find you. You know, Do your bestest to hide, but it probably won't work very well. Although, there isn't much about their sense of smell. I would assume it's on par, probably better than your average human, but I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's gonna, you know, bloodhound track you through the woods. It'll just run up and slice you to ribbons because it's a lot easier than tracking you. Um, And like I said, they can eat forever. These guys aren't gonna eat a bear, then go, oh, look, a human, well, I'm already full. They're not. They're, They're gonna get you. They'll eat you, they'll eat whoever you're out hiking with, camping with, and they'll go on and they'll probably eat another bear after that, because bear can't do anything to a wendigo. They're also, along with being incredibly fast, tied in with that incredibly agile. You know, these these suckers will hop on top of a house. I have heard stories, again, we're just going to believe that these are real, stick with me. I have heard stories of them jumping up on top of houses in neighborhoods, you know, jumping from roof to roof, you know, working on their inner Spider-Man. These guys, they can jump right up the side of a tree and hop from tree to tree just because they don't want to be on the ground, you know, flex that D1 athlete strength as well. Now, it might not, this, this next one might not, be as impressive as, you know, ripping through cars, shredding trees, shredding humans. Um, but it is notable the fact that how terrifying their scream is. You know, if if you've ever heard the s- scream of a bobcat is probably the closest thing you could get to it. Take a bobcat scream, make it about five times louder and then just give it that that little human twist on it. You know, not too much human to where you're like, oh, that's just some creepy dude out in the woods. It's definitely not human, but it's also definitely not animal. It's primal. It's vicious. It's something that makes your blood run cold. Something where if you hear it, I hope you brought a spare pair of trousers because it's it's terrifying and it it will make your blood run cold. There's no other way to describe it. It's it's an intimidation tactic. It's it's meant to make you stop to go, "Oh my god, what was that?" You know, get get all the blood flowing to your muscles. You know, real 
nice and tender. It's it's the way they like it. They like some good some good blood filled muscle. You know, yeah, they don't have seasoning or fire, so it's the best that they can do. So now that you've learned all the different abilities that they have, different ways they can tear you to shreds, gain ground on you, sneak up without you knowing, just be completely impervious to anything that you wish you could use to defend yourself. Um, let's try and talk about how they, you know, what they'll do to get to that point where they tear you to shreds and have you for a little, little midnight snack. Now, there are many ways our malnourished, incredibly tall, incredibly strong friends can sneak up on you or not sneak up on you. Just There are many different ways they can go for the kill. Um, you'll hear a lot of stories about them sneaking up and then chasing, but they can sneak up on you and just end it right there. If they really wanted to, they could just drop down on you from the trees and just tear you to ribbons before you even knew anything was happening, that anything was there. Um, I assume that they do it for a, a little bit of sport. You know, you got to have some fun in the eternal hell that is endless hunger and cannibalistic cravings, and I assume that would be the chase. Um, they They will chase you. They might not catch you right away. They might let you hide for a little bit. You know, get their get their detective on, figure out where you're going. But they're still going to find you. They will find you, and they will kill you if they want to. They they might just let you roam around for a little bit, you know, just for, just for kicks and chuckles. But how exactly would you defend yourself against one of these things? Or how exactly would you figure out that you're even being chased by one? Well, we'll go over that next. One of the telltale signs that there is some some Wendigo hooliganism going on in your general vicinity is that the forest goes quiet. Like, not just a little less birds chirping. I'm talking completely silent. No, No squirrels running around. Absolutely zero birds chirping. Not even those annoying cicadas are going to be making any noise. If you grew up around the forest or spent any significant amount of time in the woods, you would know that that in its own right is absolutely terrifying once you realize that you're the only thing making any noise. Because the forest and woods in general are never quiet. Never. There's always... There's always something making noise from birds, squirrels, bugs to, you know, larger stuff, your deer, your elk, if you happen to be in an area with elk. Uh, but there's always noise going on in these forests. So when something happens and everything goes quiet, it's not a good sign. It's really not. Even with other apex predators like bears, pumas, miscellaneous, big, scary things. There might be a slight decrease in noise, but there will always be something making noise. But everything in the forest has has that sixth sense 
where they all they all know it's time to shut up when the Wendigos come around. Uh, that's that's one of the main ways that you'll know that something's in the close vicinity of you. Now, if it's not in that close vicinity, uh, one of the first signs might be that scream that they let out. Once again, these this this horrifying sound that's you know too too animal to be human and too human to be animal. Um, like I said before, you know a, a mix of a bobcat scream along with a human scream, maybe a a little bit of deer thrown in there. Like there's there's no way to describe it unless you really hear it. Um, I've I've heard some people liken it to to an elk scream, which is, you know, that, that, that might be pretty close, but like I said, you really can't understand it unless you hear it. Another little giveaway to these monstrous, mystifying monstrosities is they generally give off a scent, an odor, if you will, that just reeks, just a horrible smell. Uh, mixed with, uh, say, like a landfill mixed with several dead carcasses that have been left outside for way too long. Um, this is another another thing that you wouldn't notice unless it's somewhat close to you. Um, you'll know if one is close because you know that f- the forest will have that silence, and you'll just get this overwhelming uh, this just horrific smell that shouldn't be it's something you'll you'll know that it's not supposed to be there in general so now that you know when one of these is around in your general vicinity or a little too close for comfort how would you defend yourself from a wendigo yeah, you you really don't. There isn't a lot you can do when it's a when someone has already become a Wendigo and is hunting you down, then you just got to run for it and hope they don't really want to kill you, which they probably do. Now, there were stories of there was uh many stories of Indian Wendigo hunters. Now, they didn't go out and hunt fully, uh, I guess, transformed, fully evolved Wendigos. They always hunted them when they were still mostly human, when they actually had a chance of killing them. And what they would do is people would actually come to them and say, hey, home slice, my boy over here ate some human meat. I think he's going to turn into a Wendigo. So then these shamans would come up and say, I fam, I got you. Just lay right here, you know, drink some some of this potion. Then I'm going to kill you. That's it. They would just straight up murder them. Because that is the only way to kill a Wendigo. Is you have to get them before they transform. And then just murder them. It's it's pretty simple. I mean, you can get specific and you can murder them with a knife or a really big rock 
or dunk them in some water any miscellaneous way that you would kill a human because they still are human and they haven't begun to turn into a wendigo yet there is one man who has become famous for his ability to defeat wendigos uh, specifically in the way i have just described and his name is jack fiddler uh he was an og cree i believe it was indian hunter from around the 1830s uh he was a shaman for the people around him and along with summoning animals and doing spells one of the things he became famous for was defeating wendigos eventually the canadian mounties found out that there was this serial murderer as they classified him and they ended up going to the people who lived around him and made use of his wendigo elimination services and they asked them you know what what does this guy do and they said oh he he kills wendigos and they asked how does he do it and they all answered they just kill the guy who is turning into a wendigo and they did all of this before they said they were going to arrest him so they got people to tell them that he had killed about i think it was 14 14 or 15 people uh wendigos that he had killed they're not people they they were turning into wendigos so they went up to this this jack and they asked him, did you do their stuff? And he said, oh, yeah, totally. I protected them from turning into Wendigos. And the Canadian Mounties weren't too fond of that, so they arrested him. Uh, I believe it was him and his brother were arrested. And he actually broke out of prison before he was sentenced. Uh, he ended up running and eventually killed himself before he, uh, before he actually got sentenced. Um, but his brother was sentenced to death, and he actually died of sickness uh, before, before they were able to kill him. So both brothers died before facing what the Canadian Mounties considered to be their punishment for murder, but which the rest of their tribe and themselves considered good deeds in defense of them and that's really one of the only ways that you can kill a wendigo is to just get them before they turn into a wendigo now i have heard stories of some wendigos being grouped up together but most often they're gonna be by themselves deep in the woods you know up on mountains, you know, getting the view. But they will generally be solitary creatures. However, I have heard stories that uh, smaller Wendigos, you know, newly newly built Wendigos, um, have been seen in not quite suburban, more rural than suburban areas, you know, jumping from house to house, uh, looking for for victims that way although it is much rarer i would assume that these packs of wendigos there were air quotes there um once 
any of them get to a significant size, they would eventually move out into the forest and get more more classically Wendigo-y, if you will. But they do generally tend to be solitary creatures. So thankfully, one thing you don't really have to worry about is being chased by a pack of Wendigos. If there's anything more terrifying than being chased by a single Wendigo, it would be getting chased by five Wendigos. Something I would not want to hear would be all of them howling at once. A chorus of chaos. That would be incredibly terrifying. And that does it for our episode today on Wendigos. Now, these creatures, whether you believe in them or not, are incredibly terrifying. But they leave us with many, many questions. Are Wendigos real? How do you defeat them? Can you defeat them? And are any of us truly safe from the Wendigo curse? These are strange questions. There might be answers. They might lead us to more questions. Who knows? I sure don't. I've been your host, JT. They call me Jack. And I would like to take a moment to thank you for joining me in pondering the little things, questioning the known, and always wondering. This has been Unknowable Unknowns, where we dive into small town stories, little known history, strange connections, and big questions. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you on the other side.